as we prepare for what will uh, likely be a long and a grueling week. Um, I hope everyone's prepared to go and vote on Tuesday. But as we prepare for that and as we gather today to celebrate the fact that we are united in one body with all the saints who have gone before us and who will come after us, all united in the body of Christ, I hope that um, this morning Jesus nourishes each of you and gives you strength. The passages that we heard today, there's a theme that runs through that I think it would be useful for us to spend some time on. In Hebrews 11, verse 6, we heard that without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. And then later in chapter 12 of Hebrews, we heard that this faith is like this race that requires endurance and that is hard. We heard names read in between like Noah and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses, the people of Israel who were delivered from Egypt, Rahab, David, Gideon, Samson. What do these men and women have in common? Regardless of what their life was and its completeness, they're all remembered here as having faith. They also each made some really big mistakes. All those people that I just read, that we heard read. Yet they drew near to God, believing that he exists and believing that he rewards those who seek them. They, at various points, though, messed up, some of them royally. They got themselves dirty. They ruined other people. There was murder, adultery, betrayal, deception, bouts of idol worship even. And yet, they're remembered here in Hebrews chapter 11, they're remembered by God to us as men and women of faith. Faith is a long race, and we all get tired, don't we? We get tired of running toward God. We get tired of the weights that we carry. We get tired of the sins that cling so closely and entangle us, as we read in chapter 12, verse 1. We get tired of each other, and we get frustrated sometimes on waiting on God. The question that these two other passages ask us and answer for us the passage in Numbers where we see Moses and Aaron and the people in the wilderness. And then later we see, in a sense, that passage fulfilled with Jesus in the wilderness and another crowd of people. The question that these texts ask us and answer for us as we run this race that's grueling, as we wait for God to show up, as we carry these weights and as we try to disentangle ourselves from these sins, the question that's asked and answered is, when does God get tired of you? When does God get tired of you? We all understand how tired we get, right? My family understands how tired I get and how I act sometimes when I'm tired. 
we see these people in scriptures getting weary at times. But when does God get tired of you? When does God say, finally, forget this, forget this guy, forget this lady? When does he finally just get fed up with how we always need help or how we're always messing up? In Numbers 20, we find Moses at a very low point in his life. Miriam, his sister, has just died. And besides Aaron, Miriam is the last person from that generation of people who left Egypt. So Moses has lost all of his peers. They've all been buried. And now his sister is dead. And as he finds out that his sister is dead, the people of Israel rush at him and they're accusing him again. Why did you lead us out here? What's going on? You're just dragging us out here so that God can kill us. What's your plan, Moses? So Moses goes and with Aaron, he prays and says, God, what are we supposed to do? These people are thirsty and they're all up in my face. And my sister just died. Like Moses is asking God what to do. And God says, take the staff and go out and gather the people and speak with your words. Speak to the rock and the rock will give water and all the people will be satisfied. But instead of doing this, Moses at a low point, Moses as the mediator between God and his people Israel, Moses standing in the place of God curses them. He curses them. You rebels. Am I supposed to bring out water for you now? What? You want some water? Here's some water. And he takes the, the staff and he starts hitting the rock. And God, being faithful, he still has water come out of the rock. And the people drink and their cattle and their, 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 their animals, their livestock drink. But then God pulls Moses aside and says, because you didn't represent me as holy in that moment, you're not going into the promised land. So what we see here is some, a couple of things. One, I think clearly we see Moses being a human being just got tired. He got tired. This, this walk of faith is hard. This journey through the desert has been long. There's stuff that I carry, like the death of all of my friends and peers, and now my own sister, and these people who you've given me to take care of, and they're, they're, they're complaining against. So Moses is tired on this path of faith and he snaps but here's what god said to him because you did not believe in me to uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of israel therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land that i have given them when we're down I think we can all easily identify with Moses. I tend to withdraw myself or brood in dark thoughts. I forget about God's goodness. I get tired of people. I lash out often at those who are closest to me. Our problem isn't that we can't identify with Moses. I think that's easy. Our problem is believing that God could be any different. And yet that's the thing that God points out. I am different. You didn't uphold me as holy in that moment. God wants us to see something besides Moses, and he wants us to see something besides ourselves. 
So what aspect of God's holiness did Moses forget? Did he not, did he not believe? What did he fail to uphold? Or put another way, what of God's holiness does he hold out for you to know and remember all the time, especially when you feel crushed? Well, that question brings us to our gospel reading this morning, where we find Jesus, the fulfillment of Moses, one greater than Moses, who has come, in much the same place we found Moses, pitched in shadows of grief and darkness. Jesus has just learned that his cousin, John the Baptist, was murdered, was lynched by uh, Herod, assassinated. And Jesus, hearing this, withdrew himself into the wilderness to be alone, to be in grief, to be able to, 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 to carry this and to process it. But much like in the story with Moses, the people, they, they, they see what Jesus is doing. They kind of like try to interpolate where he's going to go as he gets in this boat and disappears across the water and they follow on foot. And so when Jesus gets across the shore as the, the boat that he's in crunches up on the gravelly shore and he steps out, he looks up and he sees this great crowd of people pressing in on him with their demands just like Moses. The interesting thing here, though, is we get to see an aspect of God's holiness shine through Jesus. And I pray, I hope that I can remember this when when I'm getting tired in my walk of faith, this aspect of God's holiness that we see in the person of Jesus. Jesus' immediate reaction when he sees this crowd says, when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. So as Jesus comes across the water, carrying what he's carrying, and he looks up and he sees this crowd of people pressing in on him, it says that he was moved in his guts. He was moved in his guts. The, the stuff of Jesus that is intrinsic to who he is, is moved not with, oh man, I got to do something else. It says that he's moved in his guts with compassion, with tenderness. And then he spends all day healing their sick. So this parade of people that has needs, Jesus spends all day ministering to them and bringing healing to them. That's the aspect of God's holiness in Numbers chapter 20 that Moses didn't believe. And, and the way that he didn't hold God up as holy, that now we get to see in the face of Jesus. Now we get to see in Jesus, who is the exact imprint of the glory of God and the radiance of his glory. We get to see God every time he sees me coming toward him. He's moved with compassion, and he's always reaching out to minister to me. That's God. That's Jesus. That's how he encountered these people and what he did. In his immediate reaction, we see this proof for this answer. When does God get tired of us? And the beautiful answer is he never does. 
He never can. And the loaves and the fish prove the depth of his compassion. So if we see the authenticity of it and the constancy of it in Jesus' immediate reaction to this crowd, in the way that he serves them, the loaves and the fish, we see that, that it never ends. It says that Jesus took this bread and he took these fish and he said a blessing. He took them, he blessed them, and he, and he broke them. And, and all those verbs are like one and done verbs. Like, um, I got up this morning. That's something that happened several hours ago. And, it, and then it was over. I had done that. I had gotten up and I didn't keep doing that. So all those verbs about he took these, these um, elements, he blessed them, he broke them. All those things happened. But then it said, and then he gave them to his disciples. And, and the grammar changes. Now, Jesus is constantly giving this stuff. So it's like this vivid image of Jesus with these resources. And he's this bottomless supply of bread and fish. It's just almost like this word picture is that it's pouring out of Jesus constantly. And the disciples are taking it from Jesus and it's pouring out from them to the people such that they're overwhelmed by it. They have more than they need, and they gather up a bunch of leftovers. As we consider our lives, as we consider our relationship with God, as we consider this path of faith that God has called us to run, let's be honest. Sometimes we get tired. Sometimes we flag. Sometimes we have doubts. Sometimes we're just down because life happens to us the way that it happened to Moses and the way that it even happened to Jesus. Like we just get wrung out. But this important truth, I hope, will help you to run with endurance. As the writer of Hebrews says, looking to Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith. That's how we run, and that's how we throw off these weights that, that, that we carry and these sins that easily entangle. That, that idea of looking to Jesus modifies all that activity that the writer of Hebrews calls us to do. So what about Jesus can we remember? I hope that through Numbers 20 and through this, this glimpse of Jesus, you'll remember that he never gets tired of you. And that as we'll read later, and we've read before in this gospel of, or the letter of Hebrews, that we always can come with confidence to this throne of grace where mercy and grace pour constantly from Jesus toward us. This Jesus who's moved in his guts with love for you, with commitment to you, with compassion for you, such that he, he's never running dry when it comes to the grace that you need for help or the mercy that you need because you got dirty again. It's always coming to you from Jesus. Not with a grimace on his face, but with a, a, a serenity and, a, and an acceptance the way that he encountered that crowd of people on that dark day in his life on earth. Let's pray. 
God, we thank you for feeding us. We thank you that you were broken for us and that you are constantly pouring out grace to help us and mercy for, um, for, for every time we need it. I pray for myself and for my brothers and sisters here that you would give us faith to believe you the way you are and not allow our own perceptions of you because of how we are or how our parents were or our friends are that we wouldn't allow our image of you to be tarnished by something that's not true of you help us lord to see you as you are full of compassion and constancy and that we would come to you lord when we need to and ask for help we give you thanks in christ's name amen